and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. For those of you who are active followers of Women's Football in Australia, this will be a name that rings a bell and a loud one of that, Anne O'Dong. At a time when women's sport is starting to gain traction and attention, for over a decade Anne has been part of a new wave of digital publishers with her website, The Women's Game, at the vanguard of women's football coverage. Anne has sacrificed the better part of close to 10 years in favour of covering women's football after she discovered a gaping hole in the marketplace. Just before the 2007 Women's World Cup rolled around, Anne was trying to do research for that and she couldn't find anything. Trying to find sources, articles and any information was really difficult. And then in 2008, when the Westfield Women's League came around, Anne thought, Why not start a website with all the information on women's football in just one place so people who are researching don't have to try and go to 15 different types of sites to find what they need. At the time, Anne's relationship with football media work began on a radio show in Perth called the The World Football Program, discussing the A-League with her mentor Penny Tanner, encouraging her all the way. Coupled with what Anne describes as a really shitty MacBook and a super simple understanding of how to build a website, the woman's game was born out of her bedroom in Perth, Western Australia. After years of hard work, the website has gone on to establish itself as a leader in opinion pieces, articles and information on women's football in Australia. It's now time to tune into this one persistent, energetic and vibrant woman of inspiration. Enjoy. So this morning, we have a super special guest for you. Somebody who's actually in Australia, not overseas this time, and it's Anne O'Dong. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you so much, Catherine. I'm very excited to be a part of this project. I was just explaining to Anne how we haven't had anyone um, of her caliber before because she follows and and writes and we'll talk about uh, women in sports. So before we get into that, let's unpack Anne for our listeners. So tell us your story. Well, my story is, I guess, a very familiar story for Australians. Is a lot of us come from different places and other places in the world, so. My story started um, back in Uganda, which is in Central Africa, 
And unfortunately, uh, like a lot of uh, African countries, there were some internal issues and we ended up having to leave the country and became refugees. And luckily enough, we ended up in Australia in 1990. So that's where we've been ever since in Perth, which is where my family is. And um, that's kind of where my Australian journey starts was back in March in 1990 on a very, very hot day uh, as a six-year-old. And it's been an incredible journey in coming and being, being an Australian and hopefully contributing to the Australian society in that time. That's amazing. And for our listeners, um, Anne has this company called Formerly The Woman's Game. And I'd love for you to tell us about how you started that 10 years ago and talk us through your journey through that. I started the women's game uh, about, yeah, 10 years ago now. Time flies when you're having fun, Catherine. Um, look, part of the reason why I started the women's game was because I realised that there was a gap in the market. And that realisation came when I was doing radio at that time and find it quite difficult to try and get any kind of information on women's sport generally, uh, but women's football. And it meant it was time-consuming to try and get the information that I needed to be able to do my job at that time, which was as a radio host. And I realised that this was something that I can do. It was a, it was a time where the internet was really starting to open up and there were lots of opportunities for being a self-starter. And so I decided to create the women's game. And for a long time, for a couple of years, it was just myself uh, with a laptop in my bedroom going out to games, reporting on it, and really just needing an internet connection. And luckily enough for myself, it then kind of grew once I moved to Sydney in 2011. And I found a whole group of like-minded people who believed in the mission and wanted to help uh, that mission grow. Wow, so you actually gave up your job to actually um, build what you have built, which is quite big actually. Um, because the reason I ask is sometimes people, because uh, like what you were saying before, some to follow some sports, and especially if it's overseas, you'll have to get up at some crazy hours of the morning just to get coverage about a particular sport. Um, and, you know, and I know that there's lots of entrepreneurs as, as part of our listeners, and I think that what they struggle with is having a job to build their business. So there's that interim phase until their business comes to a point where they can actually let go of their job, whereas you've just gone and just let go altogether and just jump in. Is that correct? Yes and no. Part of it was I was lucky enough that I was, when I did it, I was young enough to still be studying at university and therefore having that time available to me. But once I started working, um, a real a real job in quotations as I was on the side. Uh, it was really a balancing act of of working the two, as you said, together in conjunction and making sure that I could give my attention to both. Um, it was only until recently that I could actually full time say, yes, I'm going to be involved in women's football full time. And sometimes I think when you're new to a market, when you are starting out and the market hasn't quite matured, it, it means that you have to get, wait until that maturation occurs. And, and I'm very lucky that I've been around um, long enough that 
when the market did mature, we were one of the first entrants into it. And therefore, we had that brand identity and brand reputation that that's where people went because we'd been there the longest in that market. And do you follow other sports or is it just football? Unfortunately, I only have time for football. <laughs> There's just so much of it now. Um, it's almost a 12-month endeavour, but I absolutely do follow other sports and I've been lucky enough to meet lots of people who have come on board in terms of creating their own um, publishing um, pieces and particular one is Mary Kay and she's created the cricket side basically of the women's game uh, and so therefore we've all started to interact with one another and I do kind of tangentially follow them but there's just so much with football now which is great. Mm. So this is obviously it uh, was a uh, very radical shift that took place for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it's It's been one of those things where for a long time, it was a passion project. Um, it was one where, yes, there was people who, who wanted it, but it was quite niche. Uh, it was a, a market that was quite small. And really in the last 24 months, it, it's exploded. And that's now, I guess, the difficult shift for us is where do we sit in that explosion uh, and do we want to move across and become a, a larger enterprise? Um, and try and get more distribution, try and get um, a greater reach, and, and how do you then work through that transition? So that's, that's the tough part for the company now is making that movement when suddenly everyone wants to know everything and there's so much information and there's so much to do. Mm. So you obviously have a large team now? Yes, there is a large team now, and they're working and having – a team is so incredibly important um, to many areas of businesses. But I think in particular when you're a business that works 24-7 and the news cycle has become 24-7 now, uh, you do need a team. You do need a group of people who work with you. Um, and that's incredibly important to staying fresh, staying current, staying relevant. Um, one person can't do it alone. Mm. So this is also a massive learning curve for you because if you're working oh, okay. radio to then move into something like this, how did you get across all the information from a digital marketing perspective and so forth? I watched a lot of web seminars. That's um, one of those things was I, I think one of the things that when you're running a business is, yes, you are – a, I guess a thought leader in, in various aspects, but you also have to realize what you don't know. And I think that's a really scary proposition is figuring out what I don't know and then going out and learning it. And early on, I had to realize, well, I don't know how to build a website. So I can either pay somebody, which I absolutely did not have the money for, or I can go and learn how do I build a website. Um, and that's the same with a lot of areas of it I don't know how to podcast so I'm gonna to have to try and find that out at that time I didn't have images or photos so I could either pay for those images or photos or I'm gonna to have to learn how to take photos myself so I went out and learned photography so you're always having to realize what you don't know um, and then going out and learning it and and when you finally get a team that grows with you 
you actually then get the opportunity to have segments. So uh, we have a graphic designer. We have a couple of photographers on board, dedicated photographers. We have somebody who actually just deals with radio and audio now. And then we have people who just write. And so you do then get the luxury of segmentation. But early on, you just have to learn how to do everything that you want to actually fulfill. And I think that's a smart way to go about it. I think that, you know, you need to a little bit, you need to be a bit of a generalist, know a little bit about yes. everything because when you do have your team that comes on board, at least you can have that conversation that's going a yeah. two-way conversation. I absolutely agree. And it also means that you can give them guidance and, mm. and more structured, not, oh, just, just go and do what you do. But it's actually like, okay, no, this is what we're going to try and do. This is what we're going to look at. Oh, this is the kind of photos that we're looking at for this particular project. These are the kind of graphics that we need. And it also means that you can have a discussion about making sure that you're very well scheduled. And that's one of the big parts of having a team is making sure that they've got direction. And if you're not sure of what to do and, and where you're going, uh, it, it makes it very hard to be able to then convey that to your team members. Um, and then you have issues with miscommunication, you have issues with deadlines not being met, um, and having that generalist overview uh, means you can have, as you said, those two-way conversations a lot more. Mm. So, and obviously you've started or embarked on a, an, an adventure for something that's completely new, very green. So what would be some advice that you would like to um, impart with our listeners for those that want to start something completely new? First of all, uh, I, I know it sounds very, very cliche, but be passionate about it. So, you know, they always say to authors, write what you know. And I'm the same idea of start what you know. Um, I, I've been involved in women's sport uh, for a, a five years before then. So I understood what I was going into. I understood the people. I knew I, who I had to reach out to. I understood who... Um, were the various people that um, had the knowledge and had the keys. So that was because I was passionate about what I was doing. And, and so that's one of my big things is really be aware of that. And secondly, understand what your mission is. I, I, I think sometimes when people start a business, they're not too sure of what their mission statement is or what their focus is. Uh, and that means then you can get a bit lost in the noise that eventually occurs with your business. So those are my two things is be passionate and from that passion, understand what your mission is and making sure everything that you do is core to that mission. Mm, and your mission really is your why, your big why. Yes. It's the driver. It's yes. why you do what you do. And for us, it was really crystallized into one phase, which was for the love of the game. So yeah. everything we did was – is this going to be about the love of the game and making that better? And if it's not, well, we're not just going to do it. Yeah. Did you actually ever take risks um, during your 10 years adventure or did you always were quite diligent and planned and how did you go about it? I think you can take risks, but my risks were always about calculated risks. Um, I'm, I, I guess that's, course my personality is I, I've never been one to just bungee jump um, 
and if I am, I'm definitely jumping with that cord attached. I'm not going to be that person who just jumps out uh, with with just a parachute. I, I I always think it's really key to if you're going to take that risk, at least scope it out a little bit um, and understand that there are going to be areas that you're not going to be able to control completely everything, but at least have some sort of control so that if the risk doesn't pay off, um, you haven't completely bet the house. Mm. Um, so for me, that risk was always about um, just how much we were going to grow. Um, how quickly we were going to go into what areas we were going to go into. And, I mean, once again, that's even hard to calculate really when you think yeah. about it. Well, like you said, the last over the last two years you've just gone exploded, yeah. which is not something that you plan for sometimes. Yeah, I didn't plan for that. You know, my idea of the growth was always going to be that maybe in five, ten years the game would get to a place where we could start to have these conversations and then, you know, the Rio Olympics happened, boom, and then the Matildas became really successful in 2017 and then boom again. And and suddenly it was like how do we scale up? And and that's, that's the conversation now to be had and that's the tough part now for the business is uh, moving through that transition when, Yes, we kind of had an idea it was coming, but we didn't realise it was going to come this quickly. Mm. So how did you manage that part? I'm still managing it, Kathy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's a tough conversation. And mm. um, I know this is where we're probably going to have our uh, biggest challenges mm. um, because everyone is watching now. And, and that's also the tough part is that, you can kind of do things, um, take more risks when nobody is watching. Um, but now when people are watching, it's, it's very aware when you don't hit the mark or when you don't quite have that success that you want. Um, and I think that's also the tough part is just being aware that failure might happen and it might happen in a very public way, but also embracing that. Mm, I'm I'm big on failing. I think fail fast, learn from it, and what yeah. are you going to do differently next time? Absolutely, I, yeah. I I agree from I agree with that completely because you learn so many lessons from failure. Mm. Um, I, I I can't you know I can't tell you how many times I've failed, um, and and you just got to keep going, and, and that's why uh, being really aware of what your core mission is 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 important. Because when you fail, you're going to go back to that. Why am I doing this? Yeah. So what happens some of your greatest lessons that you've learned along the way? Uh, some of my greatest lessons are, as you mentioned, um, are around failure. Is when, when you do fail, what, what was the positive from that? that? That's one of the first ones that I find. Um, but my second one is um, about, again, building a team. The team is so important. I think I would have burnt out long ago if it wasn't for having that team um, come on board. And so that's my big lesson is find the people who can help you. And I think sometimes as women, um, we really struggle to uh, reach out for help. I think it's 
almost you're told that you kind of kind of do things yourself. Yes. Um, I know that's something that was really drummed into me is that, you know, do it yourself. But I've learned that you need to reach out and find like-minded people. And I think also as women, we, we can help one another and finding those like-minded people. A lot of our team are women, mm-hmm. um, who have come on board and have really embraced the mission. And so that's, that's probably one of my, um, lessons. And then the other one is patience. Um, it won't all happen in one go. As, as you said, it, it took eight years into our company before people kind of really realized that women's football, women's football, women's sport had an inherent value. Mm. And, and that took eight years. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I wanted that to happen a lot faster. But you can't skip the steps. No, I mean, and that's part of the journey, isn't it? That's how we learn is actually going through the steps. Absolutely. And learning and going through the steps includes failure. It includes little successes. It includes, um, pain along the way. Um, it includes your market changing around you and then you having to recalibrate where you are. Um, but it's, it's definitely all about patience. It's not going to be instant success. And if you do have instant success, that also has its own pain points mm. um, and having to navigate those as well. Mm. And I think, look, I think, you know, when you're talking about, if I think about some of my greatest lessons, they have been some of the, my biggest pain points. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that that's all part of uh, you need to, that's how we grow. You know, this is how we learn. And I think it's really important. And, and you're right. I think it's it's interesting how women have this, they kind of shun away from asking for help because they don't want to burden anybody else. But they're prepared to burden themselves and carry I've, that load on them on themselves. I'm 100% guilty of that. Mm. Um, even when I did have a team come on board, I was like, oh, I can do this myself, even though I'm trying to do this myself at two o'clock in the morning. And if I'd been more, uh, less loath to ask for help, that could have been done at 2 p.m. that day. But I decided I want to do it myself and I didn't want to burn in somebody else. So I had to find time to do it. So I was doing it at 2 a.m. in the morning. Wow. So. It, that's, that's absolutely something that happens is we don't want to burden ourselves. And also, I think when you're in a male-dominated industry, which is what women's football, uh, what football was for a really long time, and it's starting to get out, you feel like if you ask for help, you're showing your weakness. Mm, yeah. And you don't want to show your weaknesses. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So we were talking about pain points. I believe, look, we all have pain points. What are some of your biggest pain points that you have to deal with on a daily basis in your business? For me, it's a changing environment. Um, media has been changing for a long time. And, and to be honest, I've been a beneficiary of that change with, um, the technology age that has happened, the digital age. Um, it did open up, uh, opportunities for me. Um, traditional media, the newspapers, the television, for a long time, they were the gatekeepers of, um, what was who could come in and what stories could be told, um, what agendas could be pushed and driven. 
that they were those gatekeepers. But with the digital age, it meant then that um, I could actually decide what was the agenda and what I was going to drive. And if we were successful, it's because people um, wanted that agenda, wanted that product, which was women's football at that time. But it also means that the marketplace is also changing around us and being aware of that and and being ready for those transitions as as you mentioned as we mentioned earlier is that now that's completely opened up and now uh, mainstream media has become involved in women's sport so that means for us every day we have to think about how we differentiate ourselves um how we get people coming back and for us that has been about making sure we create a really good community online um, an inclusive community, one that is engaged and making sure that we give them the content that they want. Mm. And that really applies to any kind of business, really. You've just got to be on top of what's going around around you um, and maybe align yourself or calibrate to what the need of the market is because it does change and evolves yeah. all the time. And listening. Um, I, I, do, I spend a lot of time online just – seeing the online conversations. So that's, you know, the way, the way we listen has changed. It used to be a lot of it was face-to-face. and um, But with now with social media, um, you can spend a lot of time just kind of listening by the online digital conversations at what people are wanting and what people are looking for um, in the new market. So I, I spend a lot of time online just looking at the social conversations just so I can get an idea of where people are wanting to go and hopefully we can be ahead of that. So what are some of those things that you've learned from listening by seeking some of the comments? Uh, what I've learned is people are really interested in the stories of women. Yeah. Uh, you know, contrary to what... Um, I guess mainstream media says is that people really do want to know these the stories of these women, and people really uh, they want it to be told in a different way. Mm. I, I feel like men and women communicate differently, mm. and men and women consume content differently. Um, so while men might be happy with a lot of the statistics, women want the stories. Yeah. So that's part of the, um, I guess that's part of the not problem but challenge for us is finding those stories and then telling them in a way that people want to listen to. And I think we've really done that is, you know, like this conversation that we're having right now, this is the kind of conversation that I have with the players, yes. uh, with the administrators, mm. um, talk to them about what are their challenges and then put those on paper because people really then um, see themselves in that story. Mm. Oh, and that's that's exactly right. We love uh, sharing stories because I think that's how we relate to one another from a yeah. brain perspective as well. The brain connects with metaphors and I think that, you know, if you want to impart some knowledge, the best way to remember it is remembering a story that was heartfelt, that you will remember that somebody went through a hard time and then therefore when you find yourself going through a hard time, you might you know, reflect on that conversation and what did that person do? And it, it just, mm-hmm. you know, it catapults. It just keeps moving. And I do that myself. I look at um, people who are, I guess, trailblazers in, in 
my industry in publishing and I read their stories. How did they overcome things? How did they push through roadblocks? Um, and that kind of helps me myself then go, okay, maybe this is the perspective that I need to take that I hadn't thought of before. And you're right, it is through those stories. And I read a lot of biographies um, for that very reason so that hopefully somebody else's learnings um, I can use when I'm going forward and find myself in a particular situation. Mm. So what do you think is maybe a reason or two as to why people are not successful at what they do in business? Yeah, I think that one's, as you said, that one's multifaceted. Um, I think one of those is just trying to do too much by yourself as well. Burnout, fatigue, that happens a lot. Mm. Uh, when you're starting it, when you've got a young business, um, and you're trying to, you know, cut, keep costs down, you can do too much and you can burn yourself out. And probably three, four years into starting the women's game, that's where I was probably close to, um, to burn out because I was doing everything myself. So I think that's one of, um, the issues for young businesses is, Trying to find that balance um, and and seeking help when you need it and taking time out also when you need it. Because mm. when you actually seek help, it's you're actually saying I'm I'm giving my myself permission to take the time out to recharge mm-hmm. my battery. And also seeking help is really difficult because you have to then let go of some control. Mm. Yeah. That's that's really difficult. Um, when you're doing things yourself, you're in you're in control of the quality, you're in control of the timing, you're in control of, of the whole network. When you seek help and start to build a team, you've got to let go of some of that control, and that's really difficult. Yeah, and that comes down to trust. You know, you just have to trust. You have to give trust. And I think I talk about this all the time. It's, you know, there's so many entrepreneurs out there and business owners and they do everything themselves. And I'll say to them, why don't you outsource a little Mm. piece of your business which will buy you back time so that you can actually work on your business rather than in your business and get burnt out? I agree with that 100%. But that's where it's then finding the right people. Um, That's when you have to scope out the people that you want and and understand what kind of team you want to build. Mm. And once you find people who are like-minded, it actually is a lot easier to let go and and outsource, as you said, some of that work. And that take, that's a skill in itself, isn't it, to get the right people, I think. <laughs> and, and, I mean, for me, the, the whole – I always wanted to work in teams where people were passionate about what they were doing Mm. and they had fun doing what they were doing Um, because pressure comes. Pressure is inevitable, Um, but you need people who are then able to work through that pressure because they enjoy what they do and and, and are really excited to do what they do. So that was always one of my key questions um, when I interviewed somebody is, you know, so why do you want to do this? Mm. And listening to that answer was really intuitive to um, what kind of person they were. And 
I I said no to some really successful, really skilled people because I realized that they probably didn't want to do this for the right reason mm. and therefore when the pressure came on, I was not sure if I could trust them to stay on. That's right. I mean, there's a real difference, and we talked about this not that long ago, there's a real difference between having people that are doing it because they love what they do, so they're passionate, compared to doing it for the money. Very different. Yeah, Very absolutely. Different. Absolutely. So, and if we were to go back in time, right back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, I'm, the advice that I would give my younger self is, Really, really understand why you are embarking on your career or embarking on starting this business. And, and that means actually going down deep into your psyche. And it, and I know it can always be about are you passionate, but I think it's also understanding why you are doing it as an individual. Is there some semblance of I like the attention? And, and I had to have that discussion myself was, am I doing this part of it is because I like the attention? And if that is yes, then you've got to understand how you can make sure that you can scale that back mm. and, and not make it about you and you being the forefront and the attention. Um, and so that's under really deeply understanding why you're wanting to do what you want to do and keep that in the forefront of your mind when times get tough. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So where to from here for you? Uh, where to? Uh, talking about giving up control, I'm, I am giving up control for a little while um, because I'm moving on to a, a different project um, for a, a, ostensibly a year at the moment. Um, so I'm moving across to try and hopefully help Australia win the bid for the Women's World Cup. Mm. And so that's meant that I've had to put the business in the hands of um, team members and, and that is giving up the ultimate control. Um, but I, but completely trusting that these team members, these people who have worked alongside me in helping build the business for a number of years, I know they're going to do a fantastic job and letting go of that for a little while um it was a tough decision it was a very tough decision but again it's i completely trust the, the group that we have built and the team that we have built to let that go how exciting yeah. love it so and what we do as we wrap up the show we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand what would be that one word for you passionate yeah yeah, yeah. And then the other thing that we do as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to leave three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? My gold, well, first golden nugget is always keep learning. Uh, always be aware and look around and see what's happening and then make sure you learn something about it, even if it's just a little bit. Um, and we're lucky we live in a digital age where a lot of uh, these learning um, tutorials are online. There are lots of great uh, websites that have um, tools on how to learn the various areas that you're working in. But uh, um, that's my first one. Always keep learning. Always be aware of the trends. Learn something about them so that 
um, it doesn't blindside you when it comes up in, in conversations or when you need to make that pivot across. So that's my first one. Um, my second one is surround yourself with people who are going to be like-minded and you're going to have a lot of fun with. Um, times will get tough. Things will get difficult. And it's those people that keep you grounded and that make you um, enjoy what you're doing. So have fun. Absolutely have fun um, doing what you do. And thirdly, third golden nugget will be take some time out to restore your energies. And if that's two weeks or two months a year, um, find that time because burnout can happen with a business. And so you need to give yourself time to, for example, for myself, I, for two weeks of every year, I completely shut down anything digital and go offline for two weeks. I go out, I do things that I just like to do for fun. I read books, I listen to music, I catch up on TV shows that I might not have seen for uh, 12 months um, and just really recharge my batteries and and um, find my sense of self. So those are my three things. Learn, have fun and look after yourself as well. I love the digital detox. I, did, I tried that once uh, without <laughs> anything for a week and, wow, that was hard. It's, it's amazing how much you learn about yourself in a digital detox. Yeah. I've been doing it for years now. So I've been doing it for a great, um, you know, 10 years of, of doing that digital detox and I find it quite easy to do now. But it's amazing how many people go, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I'm like, mm. no, I'm fine. I'm just not online mm. for these two weeks and that's completely fine. Um, and, and you learn to enjoy your own company too. In that time absolutely you're having some and time so and for our listeners what's the best place for them to find you uh for me uh it's it's kind of in flux at the moment but definitely um on twitter at an odong uh that's where i am sitting at the moment um and in the next couple of weeks um we'll hopefully start putting together things for the women's world cup bid and that's also where you'll be able to find me but for the moment on Twitter at Anno Dong is where you'll find me. Okay, and also for your website, it's thewomensgame.com for those that are interested in looking at Anne's work. And thank you so very much for your time and your energy has been wonderful. Thank you so much, Catherine. I, I'm, I'm really blessed to join this network of, of women who are making their own way in the world and, and really putting um, – making – a uh, impact on the world hopefully um that's that's what i'm really blessed to be part of and thank you for having me oh it's been amazing thank you so much that brings us to the end of another episode i hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift. Where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook 
to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.